So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. You know how we do. It's another Firing Squad. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite guilty pleasure, the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by my sexy co-host, Chad Sowash. Chilling today, out. Oh, man. We're going to learn something today, Chad, I think. Uh, we're going to welcome <laughs> from so. Tran, founder and CTO of Amplio. Trung, welcome to mm. Firing Squad. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. You bet. You bet. So our listeners who don't know you, which I'm guessing is everyone listening, give us a little bit about Trung. Give us a Twitter bio. Sure, sure. Um, I went to the Air Force Academy. I was in the military for six years, then went to Silicon Valley for 17, working in all sorts of data applications, uh, data centers, data switches. Um, and then I got tagged by DARPA to become uh, a PM in their uh, new AI program they wanted to start off. And uh, so really got excited about AI and the possibilities of it. You know, obviously it's all built on data, and I've been doing that for a long, long time here now. Mm-hmm. And so from that standpoint, you know, I said, I want to build AI that doesn't just replace people or force them to be more efficient. I want AI to help actually people be better. And so that's kind of the genesis of Ampio is to, you know, take all the knowledge I have on, on technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll pitch the company in a second. We're learning about you. I want to add that you, sure, sure, sure. you went to Wharton. Yes, I did. You were in the Air Force. Yes. And DARPA. Uh, a little bit impressive. Just want to say that. <laughs> Thank you. What actually pushed you to the Air Force in the first place? Uh, well, back in the, back in the day, back in the nineties, you know, it was, it was something where, you know, I'm an immigrant from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I wanted to get back a little bit to the country. That's really taking care of me and kind of gave me the opportunities I had, and so I wanted to serve. Uh, the Air Force was the most technical branch yeah. of the military, and so you know, I've, I've always wanted to be an engineer and do technology, and so he's not some army meathead, Chad. That's what he's yeah, saying. No, there's there's saying. no shit yeah. there. Yeah, he's a more civilianized. I I agree. I agree. Off to a good start. You're making me tear up here, Trong. You're making me tear up. <laughs> Where's the pledge of allegiance when we when we get it? Well, Chad, Trung looks like he's ready to go. Tell him what he's won here on Firing Squad today. 
Well, Trung, you will have two minutes to pitch Amplio.ai. At the end of two minutes, you're going to hear that bell, and then Joel and I are going to hit you with rapid-fire Q&A. If your answers start droning on or they're just boring, you're going to get hit with the crickets. At the end sure. of Q&A, you're going to receive one of these ratings from the both of us. Big applause. Pop that Dom Perignon, baby, because you've got a winner on your hands. Golf clap. Maybe try some of that cheap sparkling wine because you still got a way to go, man. Last but not least, the firing squad. Oh, grab a case of Natty Light and scrap this one, son. It's not going anywhere. That's firing squad. You ready to go? Yes. Sounds exciting. Fantastic. Pitch in three, two. So Ampio was, uh, is designed to help people with what we think is the, the biggest problem today in, in society, which is mental health. Um, 76% of workers uh, reported being burnt out. And burnout by the World Health Organization is defined as uncontrolled stress uh, in the workplace. And uh, it leads to all sorts of physical and mental issues. Most importantly for employers, it's, it, it affects performance. It leads to people quitting uh, the company, and an error when you know the work, the rules between the worker and the employer is being re rewritten. Retention and recruiting is very, very difficult. Um, the Great Resignation, they call it, uh, where a bunch of people quit. They didn't want jobs that you know kind of you know made them not live healthy lives, and so you know uh, companies are really interested in doing that. And so. What Ampio does is we try to help with mental resilience. We know that no one in the middle of a crisis is going to look in the app to find a solution. So we want you to be more self-aware when you need help, when, when you need to step back and take a moment. A lot of times we're not taught that as we grow up. You know, how is our body reacting to stress? How are we thinking about stress? And, so, and then we want to teach uh, people uh, uh, coping strategies that they can use in any kind of given situation, not just one or two but a couple dozen. So if you're in public and you and your coping strategy is scream, maybe you can choose a different one, right? And really, we use our AI to kind of tailor that to you so that we use the biometrics that we have from wearables to kind of tell me us what your emotional and physical state is. And we use that to kind of highlight to you and kind of buzz you to let you know when you need help. And then we also tell you based on that, that we're not the coping strategy you chose actually is helping those numbers. Did you actually reduce your heart rate? Did you actually improve your breathing, slow it down? Did you actually do all those things? Or is the coping strategy not working? So not only are we recommending things based on what you like or dislike, but also where it has an effect on you. And that's that's the difference between our AI and other AIs in the market. And when you look at a Netflix recommender that re recommends what movies you like, um, it doesn't really care whether you like the movie or not. It just recommends it. And so we go beyond that. Trung, your two minutes are up. Thank you very much. Sure. You need to tighten that up a little bit. Tighten that up a little bit okay. for future shows. All right, let's get to the name because I always ask that as my first question. We're gonna we're gonna roll you into how the hell did you come up with Amplio and dot AI? The dot com looks like it can be had. Were there other names? Did you try to get the dot com? Explain the name to me, Amplio. Yeah, we didn't want the dot com. We wanted to emphasize the AI piece of it, right? So AI is actually Antigua. Amplio is Latin for amplify. Mm -hmm. And what we say is that, you know, we like the word Amplio because we want to amplify people. So the P in Amplio is in the middle because everything we do is surrounding us actually amplifying people and making them better. And that's kind of the idea and goal of the company. Okay, fair enough. So it looks like you have not taken any money. Um, how are you funding this thing? Um, are you looking for money? Should we be expecting a, a seed round in the near future? Talk about the cash. Sure, sure. Um, I put in like uh, 400K of my own money. We did raise an angel round. 
324K. Um, okay. And uh, so that's been mostly funding us, but the majority of what funds us is government contracts. Last year, we won a $2.1 million contract. And this year, we have a $2.2 million contract to help soldiers and, and uh, kind of deal with stress and, and do their job better. Um, uh, so that's been most of it. Uh, we are in the middle of a seed uh, round right now where we're trying to raise $3 million to take the, pr- the product that we've proven in the military and convert it over to a civilian purpose in the commercial world. And that's kind of been our emphasis. We just hired a new CEO for that purpose. She has a lot of experience in the wellness market on the business side and marketing side. And so she's going to help us a lot with uh, us making that transition to the commercial world while maintaining the DOD and, and the technology side of that. Okay, Drunk. So you've taken 72 products to market. How many of those were HR and or in the talent space? So none. So they're all, well, I mean, if you count servers and switches, that's things that HR people use, but uh, yeah, mostly it's been technology. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't buy them though. They don't buy you know, them. <laughs> my background, like I said, that's why Noelle's there um, with the experience in the wellness market. She's taken a, a few products in there. Mm-hmm. My products have all been about data infrastructure, data processing, AI. So I have the, the technology chapter airlines are technology, uh-huh. but uh, what uh, Noelle's going to do is kind of give us the, um, the wrapper around it that makes the uh, technology useful. Okay. You have advisors in clinical psychology, behavioral neuroscience, economists, human performance experts. Your CEO, Noel, is a health and wellness expert. Uh, you, obviously, DARPA background, t- tons of smart people. The problem is there's no representation from HR and or the talent acquisition space, which is what you're looking to sell into why not? Are you looking to add there or do you believe that's not even necessary? We do plan to add there. I mean, one of the things that when we talked to a bunch of HR executives early on is that they saw it mostly as a wellness benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know exactly how to integrate within HR systems. Like, we're really not sure what to do with, uh, you know, engagement and, and those kind of numbers from employees. Like, if probably having emotional problems, we're not sure what to do with it. So, our goal is to kind of work through HR as well as the departments mm-hmm. that actually have employees they're trying to keep um, okay. and kind of work it that way. And that's more boost on the ground kind of stuff as opposed to larger HR policies for the entire company, right? How to help my team, my individuals perform better. Um, so we do plan to hire someone in the future. Uh, you know, we want to definitely get the, the, all the aspects that are actual science-based uh, evidence-based um, approaches to actually helping people, handle stress and improve mental resilience. Mm-hmm. So that's been our focus so far is to kind of build up the science and the technology. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you know, we're still talking to HR people. And one of the things that we're trying to recruit for is an HR individual that would want that data, <laughs> that knows, has a vision on how that they would use it company-wide. And I think, you know, uh, they're willing to break away from either like, you know, the tech space, um, NLP stuff that people use for sentiment analysis mm-hmm. or the surveys they use. And, and to actually think, you know, how can we grow people to be better people? Okay. How do we grow people to do those kind of things? Okay. So let's let's do a little cleanup here real quick. Sure. Because it looks like your organization has gone through a refacing here lately with regard to leadership. Because I see Grant Guillory, who was a uh, co-founder and CTO, but that's your title. Uh, Noelle, she just joined a couple of months ago, but yet she's a co-founder. What has been going on with this organization? You were founded in 2018, but it's 2022. There's a lot of shuffling going on here. So tell me about the shuffling. Well, I think, you know, what really came down to is that, you know, 
we didn't need more technology people, both Grant and me being technology guys and AI guys. There's no necessary to have both of us there. And um, what we lacked in is really wellness market experience, how to go to the market, uh, which markets to attack and the market fit kind of knowledge. And that's why we, I decided to hire Noel. Uh, you know, uh, Grant um, went and got a, a very high paying job at Capital One. He had the co-founder title, but he actually wasn't bought in to the company mm-hmm. in regards to the fact that, you know, um, he didn't invest, you know, uh, a part of the company. And no one was going to own a, a good chunk of the company. She's going like 25% of it. Okay. And so, you know, from a standpoint, she's a true co-founder at that point because uh, she's really, you know, bought into the whole idea of the company and she has a wellness experience. So that's kind of change because really, you know, we've, we lived off of defense contracting. We continue living off defense contracting. But you, you probably realize, Chad, you know, the, the government budget just got passed last weekend, mm-hmm. right, last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no new contract started while we had this government shutdown, right, or this continued resolution. That kind of gives you, makes you vulnerable if you're a government contractor only, you know. And so yes, so that's one of the reasons why we want to make this, we're all in this commercial thing. We're still maintaining our government stuff. We still have opportunities in the government with tens of millions of dollars. But we're, mm-hmm. uh, we want to make sure we kind of diversify enough so that we don't get hit like, I don't think the era of continued resolutions and government not working well, Chad, is over. I think uh, we're probably looking long term for that. So that's the U.S. federal government. What about the states? What about international opportunities? Talk about your footprint and how big that can get. So right now, you know, we're we're, we're mostly, you know, in the DMV, the District, Maryland and Virginia mm-hmm. um, area. Um, so around D.C. So that's why we're focused a lot in the federal Um there's bigger contracts in the federal. And, and like I say, you know, the military in and of itself uh, has more emphasis on taking care of people mm-hmm. and helping them deal with stress and deal with the problems they have. You know, the big emphasis has been the suicide rates of soldiers after they come back and how they deal with the stress and the things that happen during warfare. So the military is really bought into this idea. And so they, you know, they actually had the forethought to kind of engage with us early. You know, I think, you know, there's some discussion about cops and like firemen who also have similar jobs that are, very demanding and um, and not very rewarding, right? Per se, even hospitals and doctors. Uh, one of our problems is we have too many places to go to, Joel, and we want to kind of focus. Yeah. So if we want to be government only and, and do the tier of government, we could do that. But we want again diversify in the commercial space, and so um, we're we're very much happy with our beachhead in federal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we definitely want to get into commercial. And and if the opportunity presents and we we're large enough as a company. We'll go into the other tiers of, of government, federal and state. What so. does the competitive landscape look like? Do you have competitors? And if you do, I imagine they're not even in like an employment focused. Maybe they're in some other industry. Talk about the competition. Yeah, we're really in the virtual mental health um, business, right? Um, we're, we're benefited for employees to help with their mental health. Our biggest comparable is Ginger.io. Okay. Uh, they're uh, valued at $1.1 billion and they raised $220 million dollars. Uh, and funding, they provide mental health coaching as well as a marketplace to uh, refer people to if they need to have um, kind of telemedicine for psychiatry. And so, you know, we're, that's our comparable. That's one of the things we are different from them because we do more than just mental health coaching. We do financial coaching. We do cognitive coaching, nutrition coaching, all the things that cause you stress. Okay. So we're much more holistic. Uh, we are looking at trying to provide you tools, not just coaching, but actual coping strategies you can use when you need it. Um, and then we were, um, you know, we're partnering, uh, we're evaluating partners for the telemedicine marketplace because there's a lot of those already, right? And we don't need to build our own. What's up, guys? I got a question for you. What happens when you bring the power of AI 
to programmatic advertising. Well, game-changing efficiency, of course. What does that mean to you? Improved conversion rates, reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot A-I. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's move it on. Uh, work from home is a fairly new phenomenon, as I'm sure you've heard. You talked about the great resignation. A lot of people are working from home today. Does your product enhance the work from home experience or does it create challenges that are eh, kind of a pain in the ass for you? Well, I think, you know, actually the, the work from home is great for us because one of the things that it does is causes the employer not to have actually visibility if their employees are, are suffering or or having problems, right? You know, it's one thing's different if Johnny comes in every day and you see him getting angry and start losing his, his, his cool. Another thing when he's at home and he can just kind of pretend to be nice for like, you know, 20 minutes on a Zoom call or an hour on a Zoom call. So that helps a lot in regards to the company understanding, you know, kind of their, how to help people. And secondly, you know, working from home, even though it sounds great, it's awful lonely. People feel isolated. People feel anxious. They feel like they're carrying the burden of the company all their own. Uh, and so it's to working with other people um, and teaming. And so from a standpoint, you know, and they don't even know how to go to help. I mean, there's a lot to be said about your work husband or work wife where you go and talk to someone about your problems or know something about the company. When you work at home, there's no one to talk to. And so mm-hmm. we help in that regard. It's to giving people an outlet so that they can actually, you know, address some of their mental health concerns or issues. Uh, we do in a way that we don't call it mental health per se, but just, you know, mental resiliency, how they kind of deal with stress so that, you know, they feel comfortable with it and they can actually deal with it at home. And, you know, because you're cut off, right? I mean, any kind of support network, any kind of support environment a company can provide, if you're working from home, you don't get any of that, mm-hmm. right? You get your kids and your dog, and they cause you stress. My dog does not cause me stress. Uh, <laughs> tell, tell me about the cognitive analysis you performed on cyber units through the Department of Defense. Yeah, so that's our first contract. Uh, we we decided to look at uh, what it makes to takes to be a good soldier. Uh-huh. One of the things that, you know, was obvious back in the day, you know, you look at Captain America and you look at Steve Rogers before he became Captain America, right? You know which one would be a better soldier back in the day. One that could like, you know, run miles and lift weights and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I see Rogers wasn't the type. When you look at the, the change in warfare, and especially in cyber, where they're not going out on the field, they're not running 13 miles, not running, carrying 100 pounds on their back. That to use their mind, that to be agile and be inventive. You know, it's not that easy to see that, you know. Um, we used to call it the Tom Brady problem. Tom Brady failed in every category of physical characteristics of a quarterback, <laughs> but he had the heart and the traits that made him very successful. Obviously, seven seven times Super Bowl uh, winner. Uh, and so from that standpoint, how do we kind of personality profile that? And how do we do the cognitive and, and personality testing we need to validate that these are the traits that successful people in this field have? So we spent six months uh, interviewing and monitoring them with wearables and EEG caps and looking how they think, how they act. And we came up with a... Uh, 
a screening process to actually test for traits okay. to see if someone actually has the – sometimes in the NFL they call it the uh, intangibles, um, but have the characteristics that you want in a good uh, cyber operator and a good leader. How does that actually equate to a digital twin? Tell me about a digital twin. So the digital twin is really for the second product, our main product, which is Omnipar, mm-hmm. um, which is where we're constantly monitoring um, the, uh, the individual for their mental health. So what we want to do, like I said earlier, we want to kind of model both your biometric with wearables and, and your psychometric data to see how things impact you. Now, what in your life is actually causing stress, mm-hmm. you know, what coping strategy actually helping you improve. And because we're actually modeling you with an AI that actually takes in all this data, creates a baseline of who you normally are, looks at the variance in regards to how you're different from that baseline. Mm-hmm. We're very much your twin in regards to that. We, we represent everything we know about you in regards to the biometric psychometric data, what's going on in your life. And we, we try to individualize our recommendations based upon how that model is predicting you will react. Can employers see this data? It, who's this data available to overall? So we, we actually uh, believe that you own your data. We don't think there's marketing involved because we, we build all our models off of individual data. Who can see the data? That was my question. I don't care who owns it at this point. Who can see? Who has access to my data? So you and anyone you want to give it to. So if you want to go to a psychiatrist, therapist, you want to self-advocate, and you want to give them your history, mm-hmm. you can actually send that to them or print it out and give it to them. Or if you want to give it to a friend or family member, if you're you kind of like a little cry for help, you can do that as well. But you're the only one that allowed to actually uh, send your data to anybody. Okay. So government is really against the private collection of personal data uh, other than themselves because, you know, the government does what the government wants to do. It's <laughs> kind of like do as I say, not as I do kind of a scenario. So sure. you can get away with this shit with the military easily, right? right. But it's going to be much harder to do in the civilian sector. How do you get past that? Well, again, I think, you know, you have to kind of think through the fact that, you know, information in aggregate, you know, how many people in your company are happy, how many people are in your sad, um, are, are things that, you know, we can look at. Uh, there's two facts that I think people get confused about. There was a, uh, a censure study that said only a third of people objected to being monitored. And of that third, uh, it was mostly GPS monitoring they were worried about. No one wanted their boss to know they were having an extended lunch or something like that. A uh, little less important today with the, the uh, with the, uh, you know, with people working from home. And, you know, and secondly, you know, uh, the HR companies, I mean, like, so that's, we, a lot of interviewing HR companies, like, uh, what do you guys want? What do you want to see? What do you want to monitor? And even with the military, they're like, we don't want to get into their personal stuff, right? That's not our job. That's not, we're not their nanny. We're not here to help them make happy all the time. Uh, we just want to know if they're having issues and we want to have, have a conversation. And so that's been our goal in regards to, to this kind of stuff is, you know, if, um, if they need help, you can start a conversation from a commercial standpoint. Um, you know, if your group as a, as a whole is having problems, the, 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 the manager or whatever can have a conversation. We're not here to tell them exactly what's wrong here or, you know, where, you know, there's, there's a huge issue on your own. But if there's an issue in the group, you know, we want to spark that conversation. In the military standpoint, they do want to know if you're having individually a problem on your own. And, but the commanders don't want that data. They don't want to look for your, you know, your, your mental health over the last 90 days. They don't care. Um, they just want to talk to you and see if they can do anything to help. And that's really what it comes down to. All right, Tron, let's keep it going here. Let's talk about sales and marketing, probably your favorite topic. Sure. Uh, what's the strategy around that? Um, do you really need an Instagram for a company like this? Uh, you have 36 or so followers. Yeah. Your your newsletter sign up is above the fold. You know, is it really that important that it needs to be that high up on the site? What What's going on with sales and marketing? What's the strategy? 
A lot of that was for crowdfunding. We did a crowdfunding run around with Republic back in July. Mm. So a lot of our social media was based on that. It's not really for our, our customers, right? It's just the general awareness of our company for people who want to invest in us. Um, and so from that standpoint, that's it. From a, a, a strategy standpoint in regards to go to market, uh, it's mostly, you know, our success in the military, converting over to cyber um, groups in the commercial world. If we make the best people, cyber people in the, in the country better, the U.S. military, mm-hmm. we have a good argument to go into your cyber group and help them become better. And every company has a cyber division. Okay. So that's kind of the idea for us. Gotcha. In terms of extra expense, it looks like, you know, I can wear an Aura Ring, I guess an Apple Watch. I have to have some device, right, to use your service. And is that an extra expense for a company and or government entity? Is that a challenge for you or a threat to the business that you have to supply this? If you buy a company, a bunch of Aura Rings, and all of a sudden Aura Rings become obsolete or not cool anymore, do you have to replace that? Like, Talk about the actual hardware of the business and, and what kind of challenges that, that brings. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the things that we did want to do is build our own wearable. There's $64 billion being spent on wearables today, so it didn't make sense for us to build another one. Uh, we actually support a, a wide range of wearables, uh, from Whoop to Apple Watch to like um, Google Fitbit and all those kind of things. So we have the, the, the interfaces to, to access all of that. Uh, what we see is that all of them are going basically the same feature set of things that you can measure. Mm-hmm. So, much, so much you can measure biometrically. Uh, and so we're pretty agnostic. You know, the cost of the device is included in the cost of subscription. So, uh, you know, you get, you know, basically, you know, that's wrapped up in the cost as you get a ring uh, as part of our service. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pretty flexible. You know, we want to go in the next couple of years to uh, bring your own wearable model, right? BYOW. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we're getting the same data for everybody. You can argue about the quality of it, but we're not really looking for accuracy. We're looking for trends and deviations. So, we don't need to have to the 12th decimal. So help me understand. You said the cost goes toward the device. So it's part of the description cost okay. that we charge it's the, includes the device. But it's not your device. It's it's an aura ring or it's something else. Yep, that's correct. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Okay, so let's talk go-to-market strategy with regard to you know who you're actually going to uh, partner with or not partner with. You're going to go direct to uh, the clients, the big brands, or are you going to uh, partner with other organizations to try to get in uh, through the back door? We plan to go to direct initially, and like I said, we're using our, our, our chops in the cyberspace to show people that you know we're successful there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already had talks to certain finance companies, large banks, who are interested because cyber is really important to them. Um, right. And keeping employees is really hard. 56% of cyber operators want to quit their jobs. So um, that's what we're doing directly there. Our partnerships are really on the referral side. Uh, we're looking to you know see if there's a, a, a telemedicine marketplace that we can tie to like Doctors on Demand or something like that, where we can get a, a good variety of uh, providers. Because, you know, we realize that our app alone is not going to solve your problem if you have real problems. Yeah. <clears throat> we need to hand you off to somebody if you need chemicals or drugs. And so uh, we, we're one partner on that side of it so that we don't have to build our own uh, provider network. Am I correct in saying that you are going to try to go through human resources and, and, and talent acquisition to be able to better cover the employee experience side? Is that who you're going to be selling to mainly? So the answer is yes and no. So yes, we are telling them. And no, we're going directly to the divisions. So the manager or the, the VP in charge of cyber, mm-hmm. you know, the CSO, uh, we talked to them about, you know, this is the benefits we did, you know, to these other organizations. Would you like to try it? Um, we're kind of looking at a, docu- uh, 
a uh, you know Dropbox or Slack model where certain parts of the company start using it, and then all of a sudden it becomes across the entire company because people start enjoying it, and so that's can kind of more of our strategy. We are going to go through front door if there's HR execs that um, you know are willing to kind of do that, uh, then we're more than like we're welcome, happy to do the entire company at once. Uh, but we also have the second door, second avenue in of trying to get within each division and then growing from those divisions out. This sounds really expensive, Trung. Uh, as a customer, what can I expect to pay? Is it like per employee? Talk about the pricing. Sure, it's per employee. Um, you know, it's roughly twelve hundred, three hundred is the ring. Um, and so when you look at you know our cost per se, it's like uh, about six hundred, and that's you know twelve months is about fifty bucks. Um, a month-ish. So um, we think that's not too expensive okay. uh, for the type of service we provide. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about legal threats. Uh, we've got uh, all these different regulations that are popping up, whether they're local to state or even federal government looking at prospectively uh, putting some regulations in place around personal data. We just saw uh, HireVue uh, is now under class action lawsuit in the state of Illinois because of collecting personal data. So what kind of threats do you see and how would you actually guard against those? Sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot of um, discussion about aggregating data in regards to doing big data analytics, looking at you know demographics and trends like that. All of our data is anonymized. Uh, so we actually don't know who you are and we don't really care what your gender, race, sex is, or whatever it is that, because you know, from a standpoint of us, it's you're just your data that we model and then we try to help, right? Um, and you own the data. So, you know, from our standpoint, we check all the boxes in data privacy because we don't own the data. We don't share it with any third parties. We don't share it with anyone like that. And that, that's especially important for biometrics. Uh, if, you know, if we if you get data from the ring, you know, if you share it with a third party, like, hey, you know, Chad, you, Chad isn't running very often. Maybe you shouldn't market him like fitness shoes and stuff like that. Um, we don't know, A, you're Chad. And, uh, and B, you know, all that data that we're collecting goes right into our model. And so we actually don't store the bi- biometrics. We just aggregate within the model that that's you, which is our, our digital twin. Um, and it's, it's a really a input output kind of thing that gets a, uh, modified or adjusted as uh, new data comes in, but it's all your stuff. All right, Trung, your time is up and it's time to face the firing squad. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. I'm going to go first, baby. All right. Trung, you had me at government contracts, I think. I was uh, really sort of confused as to what the market was, who was going to buy this. And then when you said the army and the military, a light sort of went off in my head in terms of the opportunity being pretty huge, uh, particularly the international opportunity. And then when you threw in the mental health and, and well-being of healthcare workers and education and other government workers. I'm sure there are some IRS workers that need a little mental health and maybe some postal workers uh, that could use a device like this. So so from that perspective, I think that once you start getting the, laying the groundwork with customers like that, you're gonna be in, in really good shape from that aspect. The second sort of bridge that I see that should be successful for you is the corporate side of things in terms of allowing people to have cool products that they would probably like to have anyway, I think is gonna be a really great advantage for you. So number one is never make your own device. When you said we're thinking about making our own shit, like do not do that. Nobody's gonna wanna wear the Amplio uh, you know, ring or something like that. But if you can tap into 
the aura ring or giving people free Apple watches or something like that, then it's a benefit to the employee as opposed to like, oh, you have to wear this crappy you know, device that some vendor made. So I think if you can tie in the corporate side with, hey, we're going to give your employees like a, a really cool sort of device. And as long as they understand that, hey, this is this is not invading your privacy. This is just sort of uh, keeping uh, track of your mental health and well-being. Um, and by the way, you have to wear it because you're an employee. Um, I think Although that could be a little bit of a challenge, I think that most companies or a lot of companies can get over that if they get to have a cool device like the Aura Ring. Um, I like that you're going to raise money. I think you're going to need it. You're going to need some more brains on staff. Um, I think you're going to need eventually some marketing people to get your get your site in order and get some of those things. I understand that it's not a huge deal, but if you're going to go to the corporate sector, you need to have a design that makes you look like a professional site uh, and warrants their money. So for me, dude, I think you know I, I'm being long winded, but you really had me at uh, government contracts. I think that uh, you can solidify those and have a pretty damn successful business. Are you ready for Chad? Sure, absolutely. That was great feedback. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Go get him, Chad. Oh, Trung, you had me at hello when uh, you said government contracts as well. And then you lost me when you said that you're going to try to go direct to brands. Uh, I think there's no question that, you know, when you're talking about personal data collection, Apple does it, Google does it. In our space, HireVue does it. Um, you know, there's some ins and, and outs of where that could go wrong. But why not jump in with both feet, especially in the government sector? And uh, since you already have case studies and business cases set up, then stay incredibly tightly focused on what you know, and that's cyber, at least at this point, right? And again, stay away from the HR side of the house, because let's face it, HR is too risk averse to pull the trigger on something which collects personal data, whether the employers see it or not. And employees are way too cautious to allow their employer such intimate information. It's already hard enough to retain good employees without feeling like, you know, the burnout is just the cover for them to extract personal data. Uh, if a person has a heart condition, you know, they're going to be thinking to themselves, is this going to increase insurance rates? And then will a company fire me? There are all these things from a perception standpoint, you're going to have to fight if you go broad base versus being more focused on government and cyber. I'm a big fan. Uh, but again, until you get things tightened up on a go to market, on a sales and marketing side of the house, I'm going to go with a golf clap. Okay. Thank you, Trung. No problem. You have survived the firing squad. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. Uh, good. Uh, yeah. So I, I appreciate you guys' feedback. Uh, we're we're definitely you know moving forward, uh, and, and we thank you for the the information. I appreciate. You it. bet. So for our listeners out there who want to know more about Amplio, where would you send them, Trung? Uh, you can send an email uh, to myself, Trung at Amplio.ai, or contact Amplio.ai um, if you want to, and then uh, we'll respond as soon as we can. Excellent. Another one survived, Chad. And another one is in the can. We out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com.
how much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.